So a very happy Sunday. The, what's today? The 19th of November. Hey, the, the year is just about done. In fact, the year is done. Hey. Not really. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not yet. <laughs> and who's a fat lady? Um, so last week, we looked at verse 13 of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. And um, this is what it says. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to, the, to those things which are ahead. Today, we'll look at verse 14 in detail. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Another translation puts it this way, verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. My title for, for this particular uh, scripture, this message this morning, is this, that there is a prize to be won. And it's a title straight from scripture. There is a prize to be won. Now, um, we get to this part. I think, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed last week just trying to understand and trying to hear what God is saying to us through His Scripture. He does that all the time as we read His, His Word. And I think it was on, on, on Thursday we were speaking about uh, the meditation or the, the reading of Scripture. Sometimes we read Scripture and, and it, there's no light bulbs that just pops up. There's no um, revelation that comes immediately. But we are washing our minds with the Word and suddenly something happens. God speaks, He breathes life into His Word yet again. And man, the things that you did not see for many years, you see it in a different light. <clears throat> now at this, at this point, verse 14, we at last have come to a place where we discover what Paul's goal was in life. What was the purpose of his life? I mean, we look at Paul, we read his writings, which is inspired through the Holy Spirit. We learn from him. We ask Jesus to, to do the same in and through us. And so we ask ourselves, how is this man, how was he so driven? Why was he so driven? And here we, we see what um, his goal was, his purpose for his life, his lifelong aspiration, in fact, in a nutshell, was uh, the smile of Jesus Christ at their meeting in heaven one day. How's that? In all these things that he was trying to go for and do as God has called him to, his greatest uh, goal and desire was to one day when he meets Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, that Jesus, he would get those words, those wonderful, that sentence, Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into my rest. This was Paul. He was driven by that. That thing uh, consumed him. Um, and so he starts off verse 14 by saying, I press 
toward the goal. A press toward the goal. Now, press toward expresses the idea of pursuing, of going after something, of uh, following something earnestly. Not just haphazardly, not just, ah, man, that, and I know, I press on because I see there's something, there's a light at the end of this perhaps long tunnel. I want to get to that light. And so he pressed on with everything in him. He pressed on. Paul kept his eye on the goal always. It would seem as though, I mean, he's thrown into prison. He is shipwrecked. He is um, um, accused. He is all sorts of things happen to him in life. Yet he wasn't deterred. Not, nothing kind of. And I'm sure if we were with him, if we were poor, we would realize that maybe he had ups and downs in his heart. But outwardly, he looked as though he had one concentrated focus. There was a goal. There was a light at the end of the tunnel that he was determined to get to. And he wasn't going to allow anything that life throws at him to hold him back. He wasn't going to allow the, the issues of life, the difficulties of life, um, hold him back and stop him from pursuing this goal. I wonder if I, we do that. Do we do that? Do we really as Christians do that today? Do we have that concentrated focus as to that is a prize to be won? And because I want to go and get that prize, I do not really care as to what happens around me. And yes, things will happen around us. We know. Uh, we cannot testify things have happened. In fact, possibly things are happening to us, uh, in us in our lives now. But the question is, are we seeing that prize? Is that prize at the end of this tunnel that so, so um, consuming you and drawing you and just up almost you almost become so blind as to what's happening around you because of that goal, that prize that is to be won. This was Paul's attitude. And again, I've mentioned this word attitude several times in the last couple of uh, months. Attitude is key. Attitude is key. You can have two people who are thrown um, in uh, the same situation happens to two people. But the outcome of how they behave is determined by them. So when the wind and the, and the storm comes, there are two people. One can see, oh man, you know, God is still holding me. Actually, it doesn't matter. God holds me. He's protecting me. He's doing what he needs to do. His will will still take place. That's the one person. But then the other person is like, oh man, God, have you forgotten me? Why are you letting all this happen around me? Why is the wind blowing? Why is the rain Oh, it's too hot. Just complaining, complaining. Two different perspectives. Same situation, two different perspectives. And this is what us as Christians um, are set apart. So we are in the world, as we know, but not of the world. But whilst we're in the world, things are going to happen around us. Whether you're saved or not, things are going to happen around us. But how we react and how we um, um, behave kind of shapes our, our course. Are we going to be like the world that just complains and sees the negative? Or are we going to be like uh, the Christians or the, uh, God's children who see the positive? Even though you don't necessarily see it, but you know that there's positivity. Uh, God is busy. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 6 says that he who began a good work in you and I continues it 
and will bring it to completion. So when this storm comes, do you still hold on to that truth? Question mark. Do you? This was Paul. So the storms came. He was still pressing toward the goal that God had set for him. He did not allow anything to deter him from his goal. Now you see, as a marathon runner, most of us know marathon, I mean, most of us probably ran in a high, uh, junior school, high school, and we know how marathon runners, uh, uh, we know when how runners run, right? This man of God kept his eye on the finish line. So for us as Christians, Remember, we're looking at Paul as he's writing, the Holy Spirit uh, writing, uh, speaking through Paul. Uh, we can see that he kept his eye on the finish line. Now, he cannot keep his eye on the finish line by himself. It's impossible because there's too much. The world, there's too much happening around us. There's too many things that would distract us and deter us from finishing strong. We have to keep our eye on the goal as Jesus Christ helps us to do that through his Spirit. And how do we do that? Is by spending time with Him, first and foremost. Secondly, together, hearing His Word, uh, encouraging one another in conversations, wherever we find ourselves, uh, you know, um, come on, you can do it. Uh, it's not that bad. I've had a bad day today. Uh, you come alongside me and tell me, no, actually, it's not that bad. Because actually, there's a, there's a prize to be won. There's a prize to be won. So you help me. As I help you, together we do this thing. And this was Paul's uh, attitude. He kept his eye on the finish line. He followed earnestly after that crown, after that wreath um, that was gonna, he was going to get at the end of, the, of, the, of his race. He was not going through life just blasé. Uh, there's that song I once... Uh, you know, I'm not uh, English, English, but I'm English, half English. There's a song that, uh, that um, um, goes uh, every Monday morning. That I think I, I used to hear it, it goes something, um, off to work I go, I go, I, I can't remember how it goes, but it's, uh, something along that, it's Monday again, off to work, oh, here I go again. And uh, there's almost no, um, no excitement, actually. Man, you're blessed to have work. Actually, man, you don't know why you're in that environment. You don't know who in, in that environment needs to hear Jesus through you. You don't know that. So, no, no, we can't have uh, that attitude of, oh, off I go to work again. This dreadful place. No, we have to be in a place where we actually say, God, thank you for this opportunity that you allow me to have to go into work, to go into wherever you have allowed me to be, so I can shine your light wherever I may go. He would not stop, uh, Mr. Paul, to talk to the fans. He would not stop to talk to the fans in the stands as he was running. Paul was focused. There was a prize to be won. Can you imagine a marathon runner? Ooh, the people shouting, hey, well done. Uh, do, you, do you have a second or two? No, no, Paul didn't have a second or two. He was focused. This is what God has called him to, and so he's going to go. He doesn't, he doesn't um, um, uh, what's the word, not neglect, but uh, 
He's not rude to the people who are the bystanders. No, no, he waves at them, says, thank you, but he carries on, I've got a purpose. God bless you, I've got, I'm going, I'm going. This was Paul's determination. And I wonder if it's true of me, of you, of us as a church this morning. Are we determined to get to that prize that God has set for us heavenward? He would not stop to talk to them. He wouldn't. Why? Because he knew time was precious. Time was precious. He didn't have time to waste. I would imagine he did not have time to waste. I mean, his call was to go out into the Mediterranean um, part of the world and plant churches and glorify God as he, as he did that so that many men and women could come to the knowledge um, of God, of Christ Jesus, so that they can be saved through the planting of those churches, through the, the planting of those lampstands that Paul was tasked to do. That was his race, and he saw that. So he was not going to let anything stop him from that. You see, one thing we need to realize, us as uh, Christians, us who are blessed to be Christians, is that it is the devil's business to distract us from the goal. It is the devil's business to take away our focus from the prize. It is his desire to make sure that we are just so caught up with the petty stuff of life. Because of that thing or that happened, he wants us to be consumed by those things. It is his business. If we take time to answer the bystanders, the critics in our lives, and we have lots of those I'm sure, we lose precious time and focus. So if you're going to stand and look around and see what people are saying, uh, another motivational speaker, I love what he says. He, he says this, Why do we worry about what people think? Why do you worry about what people think? Guess what? They're thinking about it anywhere. <laughs> Why do you worry about what they are saying? Guess what? They're saying it anywhere, regardless. And that was, is the same true, truth for us this morning. Why do we care what people say? Why do we worry about uh, the critics? They are, they are criticizing us anyway. They are saying those things anyway. They're doing that. But there is precious time that we need to, to recover. We need to spend every minute that we have, every second that we have, bringing glory to King Jesus. If we indulge ourselves with anger, we will not finish well. If we indulge ourselves with anger, uh, speak to myself, we will not finish this race well. Yes, we will finish it because God says that he who began a good work in you is continuing it and will bring it to completion. But as he completes it, if we indulge in anger and all, we will not finish this race that is marked us for us. Well, I don't want to be that person. I don't want that. I don't want us um, to be those people. You would imagine around saying, ah, but the media, the media, they told lies about me. They said I cheated. I went there or took uh, uh, the, the wrong corner. They, they spoke things about me. Some fans made unfair remarks about me, that you, I would imagine in a racer would say. They made some unfair comments about my running. See now, the trouble with that is that thinking will deflect us 
from our ultimate goal. You know that you did not take corners. You know that uh, you did what you meant to do. You know that you did what is right. Others might not think so and they might say differently. But don't pay attention to those. There's a price to be won at the end of the day. And that is our focus. That was Paul's attitude. There's a price to be won. I don't care about what these people are saying. I mean, earlier on, I think it's in chapter 2 of Philippians, he says, mustn't worry. He tells the, 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 the group of people who, who the, the church was writing to in uh, Philippi. They were complaining that these people are preaching the gospel out of evil intent or out of selfish motivations. They wanted to, to be famous or they wanted to, have, to gain money. They, they had the wrong motives. He says, do not worry about those people. Let them carry on preaching the word of God. Why? Because it is being preached. God, your creator, will take care of them. It's not your job to take care of them. God will take care of them. What you need to do is concentrate on where you are going. You are going. If you've got an opportunity to preach the word, to encourage something, someone to, to uh, bless someone who's uh, maybe in a dire situation, to speak life over those who are almost dead, we, that's what we need to be doing. Do not worry about the, uh, the bystanders and the critics and what they are saying. God will, look, God will sort them out. It's not your business to sort them out. Don't you fall into the trap where the devil wants you to be distracted by those things around us, the critics, the wrongs that have happened to us. Let's not let those things consume us. Why? Because there's a prize to be won. This was Paul's attitude. And I want to be like that. As long as I, I have breath in my lungs, as long as God has allowed me to be on this earth, I want to be like that. And I hope that that is, in fact, I don't hope, I pray that that is true for us, us this morning and the church together, Redemption Family Church and the churches at large, that we would see that there's a prize to be won. And the devil's uh, aim is to distract us from that to cause us to slow us down because he doesn't want us to get to that prize. But guess what? The truth is, we will get to the finish line. We, the Word of God says that we will get there. If he has uh, saved you, justification, he's continuing through the process of sanctification, and one day we will get to glorification. But when I get to glorification, I want to get there well. I want to get there um, having achieved the things that Jesus Christ has already set out for me to achieve. I want to get there and hear those wonderful words. Welcome, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be like Paul in that regard, where he, that is what he ran for, that is what he lived his life for. And the truth is, we will get the prize when we reach the goal. We don't get the prize before. We get it when you reach to the goal, the end of the line. The goal has not arrived yet. We look for our Savior's words. And those words are beautiful. Matthew 25 verse 21 says this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you 
ruler over many things. Uh, that's, that's, there's a price to be won. There's something to be attained. I hope that motivates you. It motivates me. As I, as I was preparing this, uh, man, just this desire was rebirthed. Is it rebirthed or reborn in me? I want to run this race as best as I can. Now, the, the challenge for, um, that we possibly face is that for the ordinary, nominal Christian, we live our lives in a very placid and almost mediocre way. Now, placid in one area is good. Um, it's, it, you, need to be, you need to have people around you who are placid, who don't just uh, explode upon everything. They need to be placid as the Holy Spirit leads them. But in our Christian walk, we, 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 we kind of tend to just live this life, walk this life in a placid attitude, in a mediocre attitude, in a mediocre way. Sadly, a large majority of Christians... And I say this with um, a, a, a heavy heart. A large majority of Christians are what the Bible calls or describes as lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians. And I say that with a heavy heart because we know what God says about that category of Christians. He wishes to spit them out. As Revelations 3, 15 to 16 tells us. Now that's pretty graphic. God the Father, your, your, your creator, because you're mediocre, because you're placid, because you're lukewarm, wishes to spit you and I out. You almost, in a way, it seems as though you're almost good for nothing. Which we know is not True, that's not God's heart. We are good for something. But our attitude determines how that all works itself out. Um, have you ever followed a man or a woman, or whether it be a Christian, or a, a business leader, wherever it might be, who's just so lukewarm? Ah, like it's, life is just so... It's, there's no drive. There's no desire. There's no. I want to follow people who, man, they make me want to run. They make they re recharge me. They want to. Uh, they make me want to get going. This was Paul. Of course, Jesus is the one who recharges us. He's the one who motivates us. But he uses us. He uses me to encourage you. He uses you to encourage me, and he uses uh, each other to encourage one another. That's how we called. We are called to be a, a vibrant fragrance in this world, not just dragging our feet. Oh man! Oh, this government. Oh, this country. Oh, this. Oh, SARS. No, we're not called to do. Yes, those things are there. Those problems. Those winds are there. But we're not called to dwell and 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 focus and. Put our attention onto those things. Those things are there. God will look after them. We just need to follow the course that He has set for us by looking toward the prize that He has for us.
Now that scripture that he wants, he wishes to spit them out is a scripture that one needs to study. Because it, it's pretty graphic. But and if God can put that kind of um, sentence in his word, man, there's got to be um, a warning. There's got to be a challenge. There's got to be an, even in the warning and the challenge, there has to be an encouragement for us. In other words, we need to wake up. Wake up, you sleeping um, Christians. Wake up. Actually, you remember the story about the, the, the ten virgins? Five, well, I think they were wise. Or they had, they, they, were, they were wise. So they went and got more oil. As they were all waiting for the bridegroom to come. And the other ones who I would categorize them as the mediocre, the placid ones. Uh, the, maybe the lazy ones. Oh, the, the bridegroom has taken so long to come back. Um, it's okay. Let's just carry on. Oh no, these other five, the wise ones, we don't know when he's coming. He could be coming today. Let's make sure that our, our lamps are uh, full of um, oil. The placid and mediocre ones. Nah, I mean, don't stress about that. He's going to come when he comes. It's taking so long. Man, you will probably take... Many, many more years to come. We will, re- we will get our oils going later. Bam! Then the bridegroom comes that uh, evening. And guess what? Those mediocre, placid ones, had no, they, they were crying to the ones who were clever, the ones who were diligent, the ones who had a focus. Please, would you give us some oil? Sorry for you. Sorry for you. I don't want to be in the category of um, the, the placid, mediocre Christian. Uh, the bridegroom is coming. We don't know when, but he is coming. I need to be ready every day. In fact, I need to live my life every day as though he is coming today. I've got to make sure that my lamp is full of oil. Now, part of the problem with the mediocre and the placid, it's quite, a, quite harsh to speak like this. Uh, I, I think you guys are, agree, you will agree with me. It's quite harsh. Mediocre. Come on, wake up, get up. Come on, life is a bit, life is not so slow. There's more to life. But I think part of the, my thoughts, part of the problem is that we don't live with the three points I mentioned last week in our view. The first point was we don't live with a single-mindedness, a concentrated mind where we want to go. That's the concentration. That is the key. That is where we want to go to. The sniper is pointing at the target. The target is the end goal. There's that light at the end of the tunnel. We don't, they don't live like that. Number two, they don't live with the calculated forgetfulness that we call to have. Remember I said last week, there are some things we need to forget. Paul would say in, the, in verse 13, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. forgetting so he chooses to forget it's calculated forgetfulness I said we don't forget God's goodness we uh, remember how merciful he's been upon us we learn and remember the lessons that he has allowed us to to, um, have in those situations but we forget those things we leave those things behind and then number three they don't live with a forward looking vision for the future so you hear that is a prize at the end of this, what seem, might seem as though it's a very long tunnel. 
but in actual fact, it's not very long. It's short. But we don't look, we don't live with that um, vision today. It's going to get there like those uh, foolish uh, virgins. Ah, now we will fill the oils later. He'll come, he'll come, he'll come sometime. No, no, we've got to look forward. We've got to have a vision of moving forward. This is where motivation is needed. Now, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not called to be a motivational speaker. Motivation that is needed. You think of, of children. Children need to be motivated, right? It's true for us bigger kids, us older children. We need to be motivated. Those foolish virgins needed to be motivated. For them to um, keep uh, refilling that or making sure that the oil is burning, and it's, they needed to be motivated. Now, it is very difficult to move out of this category of lukewarmness. This category, it's difficult to get out of there if we are not motivated by something. But I'm here today to, t- to remind someone, if you've forgotten, or maybe to make you aware of, um, of this truth if you did not know, that actually there's a prize to be won. There's a prize to be won at the end of this wonderful earthly life that Jesus Christ has died and redeemed you for. There's a prize to be won. That is the motivation. That is a target. There's a prize to be won. We uh, in South Africa uh, will speak about rugby. Uh, you know, we, we won the Rugby World Cup. That was the prize that the, they were... They were um, aiming to win, yes, thank you. That is what drove them. You know, injuries and mistakes and they, those things didn't count. They didn't care about those things. Those things were there. But guess what? Their aim was to win this cup. And so it needs to be true of us as well. Our aim needs to win this prize. I'm here to remind us that there is a prize to be won. Because of this truth, we cannot remain lukewarm. Because there's a price to be won, you and I today, my dear friends, we cannot remain lukewarm if we are. And of course, you have you with uh, the Holy Spirit, you've got to realize, are you lukewarm? You've got to ask yourself this question, are you lukewarm? Now, it's one thing for me to say that and encourage you in that regard. But it is, yet, it is yet another thing when you have a personal conviction about this, about this truth. When you have that personal conviction, your Christian life will never, ever be the same again. And the truth is, conviction, this conviction can only come from God. Perhaps through my speaking, through his word, through his encouragement. Only he can convict us to move away from this category of being lukewarm to the category of being, man, you're warm, you're hot, you just want to run. 
your concentrated, your single-minded attitude, you um, seeing that, that there's a prize at the end of the tunnel. Paul lived his life with this conviction and had no, sorry, and no situation that came his way was going to convince him otherwise. That's why he would say in verse 13, But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. That is the goal. That is the concentration. That is the target. We fix our eyes on that thing. Now, I suppose at this point we need to ask ourselves, what helped Paul keep his mind or keep his focus on the prize? Because he was in the world. In the world through all sorts of things. He's in prison as he's writing this, yet he's still focused. He's keeping his mind focused. How? How? What helped him? Let's... Yes, I know the Holy Spirit is the one who helped him. But practically, how did it look like? How does it look like for you? How do you, in your life, how do you get to the place where you don't forget, where you don't allow the distraction and the critics and all those things, the winds and the storms to overwhelm you? And looking at Paul's picture language, he pictures the Christian life as being like a race. What sort of prize comes to the winner of a race in, the, in a worldly, worldly sense? Let's think about a marathon runner or a 100-meter 100, runner, whatever. Whatever the race might be, what kind of prize do you get at the end of it? You get an applause. You get recognition. From that recognition, you become famous because you've won. And also the opportunity... Um, to run in other races as well. Now see, that might give us some idea of what the prize at God's final winning post is. It definitely includes the well done from Jesus. It definitely includes that. But there's more. There's more. It is public recognition. It is the truth about us coming out and becoming known. It is getting a name. It is the level of consecration we have reached, becoming visible in shining, radiant glory unto Jesus. No doubt, it is more still. There's more still. Those are the little ones that we kind of uh, have an idea. It does not yet appear what we shall be, as 1 John 3, 2 says to us. We don't know fully how it's going to be. But there's glimpse. Now, Paul pictures his race, I mean his life as a race. His Christian life as a race. And today he would like to encourage us. The Holy Spirit, through Paul's writing, would like to encourage us. Picture our lives. Picture your life as a race. A race to get to the finish. And there's a prize to be won at the finish line. Now, in what way is a Christian like a race? In what way is a Christian like a race? Good question. 
Picture your life as a race, but what kind of race? How is, it, how is, how is a Christian life like a race? Well, for the sake of time, you will find that out next week. How, in what way, is a Christian like, life like a race? But I'm going to close with a few questions that I'm going to leave us with this, this morning. Are we, are, we, are, we, are we together? I hope I'm encouraging. Uh, if I'm shouting, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, but there's just something that is just so exciting. Man, this life is worth living. This life is worth living. Why? Because I see the finish line. Because there's a gold medal. There's something to be won. There's something to be won at the end of this. And guess what? There, yes, it is a tunnel. But there's a light to be attained. And like I said earlier, this tunnel might look as though it's quite long. Yeah, the light is far. Can I ask at me, not like those foolish virgins. It's far away. Let's be ready every day. So I'll leave us in, in conclusion for, uh, with a few questions. See, the truth is, for you and I, we need to press toward the goal. We need to live this life pushing, focused, single-minded, forgetting about certain things, the past, reaching forward to the thing that is ahead. Anything less than pressing toward goal, uh, God's goal for our lives will deflect us from finishing well. So the questions I have for you this morning. Have you responded to our Lord's challenge to live a focused life? To live a focused life for His glory. Not for your glory. Have you responded to our Lord's challenge this morning to live a fo focused life for His glory? And guess what? As you do that, yes, we, will, we, we get to benefit as well. But Paul was determined to live his life in a way that will bring glory to Jesus Christ. In prison, in the um, boat shipwreck, he was still determined to live his life for Jesus' glory. Number two, do you uh, leap off the starting blocks and then slow down? So, of course, the starting blocks is when the, the pistol was, was uh, fired Salvation came upon your life. You, are, you remember, you were running. You were running. You were excited. You were going. So you leaped off running. Have you slowed down? Again, I'm asking myself these questions. I'm not just uh, posing them to you. Have you slowed down? Number three, is your Christian life less robust now than at the very beginning. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with, uh, be honest with myself. Is my Christian life less robust now than it was in the beginning? Number four. Have you slowed down to a mere jog? Jogging. Running. Not that you're jogging, I'm just saying you're the runner. Mm -hmm. 
Have you slowed down your Christian life to a mere jog? Are you just jogging along through your Christian life? And again, like I said last week, it does not, chronological age does not matter. It's what you do with the time God has allowed you to have be on this life, I mean on this earth, with the pressures and all those things that uh, come our way. It's what we do with our lives that count. I mean, you can live for a long chronological life on earth and count for nothing as it were. Or you can live for a short chronological time here on earth and count massively in the kingdom of God. So chronological um, age does not matter. See, unfortunately, some of us may have slowed not just to um, to a walk, I mean to a jog, but into a walk as well. So we were running. <laughs> we were running. Man, we were going to win this race. Ooh. To work I go. Eh? Monday morning comes and life just hits you with all sorts and so we start jogging. We start jogging. Others may be standing still. Is it you? Is it me? Are we still running? Are we jogging? Are we standing still? Yet others, sadly, have actually sat down. In this race, some have actually sat down. Some have even laid down their spiritual life. I'm here to remind us that there's a prize to be won. If you, were, if you have been jogging, my prayer this morning is that Jesus Christ, through His Spirit, will revive us. Will revive you and give you the zeal to run. There's a prize to be won. If you are walking, Jesus Christ, please help revive us. If we've, let, we've sat down, it's too hard. It's too difficult. I thank God that He carries us, those hurts and those burdens and those things that trip us up. Let's give it to Him. So can I pray? I'm going to pray in that, in that regard. I don't look at you and think uh, some of you have slowed down or sitting or whatever the case is. But I, I bring this preach this morning so that we can pray for each other. So we've got friends, maybe family members who uh, some, some of those categories apply to them. We can pray for them this morning. And ultimately, that Jesus Christ gets the glory. Because remember, the devil's idea and plan is to distract, is to, to take away, to cause you to sit. But he's a defeated foe, as it were. He's been defeated. The prize has been won. The victory is ours in Jesus. So Jesus, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Father, I pray for, for my Christian friends, for my fellow believers this morning, God. And I ask by your mercy where we have slowed down from running as hard as you allow us to from the beginning. 
to a state of jogging, Father. I ask that you'd help us, you'd rejuvenate us. You would encourage us again this morning and help us to run with vigor, Lord. Help us to run with zeal. Because why there's a prize at the end of the race. Perhaps as we are walking, help us. Give us strength, Lord, to get up and start jogging again. And then to get to the place where we are running again. God, where we have maybe even sat down and laid everything down because of the winds around us, because of the situations of life, which in some, in many cases, we, it's, we are, not our, are doing not our fault. We just are in it. Help us, God, not to look to those things, not to hold on to those things so tightly, Lord, not to, to focus on those things, God, but to rather focus on the prize at the end of our race. And may we have this attitude like Paul did. I'm going to run this race as best as I can. Whether there's a thorn on my side or I'm in prison, I'm shipwrecked, whatever, I'm going to run this race as best as I can. God, why? Because I want to hear those wonderful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome, enter into my rest. Man, I want those. And I pray that for my friends this morning. I pray that, Lord, for every person, every member of this church. Father, I pray for every member of the Christian body in the world this morning that that will be the case. It will be the case for everyone, Lord. The, one who are, the ones who are low, as it were, to the ones who are high. Father, won't you, God, revive us again? We want to bring glory to you, King Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We pray. Amen.